You're listening to Ari Snapshots, where each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. Welcome to RE Snapshots. In this special edition of the podcast, we're talking about some groundbreaking research out of RE, which has this week been published in the prestigious journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Science of the USA. So what is this big news? Well, RE researchers have identified a new glyphosate resistance mechanism, which has similarities to cancer drug resistance in humans. RE researchers who worked on this research include former RE PhD scholar Lang Pan, RE researcher Tin Yu, and former RE director Professor Stephen Powers. So former RE director Professor Stephen Powers does join us on the podcast to discuss this exciting research further. Steve, firstly, it's been a while since we've had a chat. How are you? Oh, very good. Uh, thank you, Jessica, and excited about this paper being published. It is very exciting news and this research, it's only the second time an RE paper has actually been submitted into the journal PNAS. Can you firstly just tell us about the significance of this? Yes, PNAS is one of the most prestigious uh, research journals to publish in in science in the world and so, and it's very difficult to get a paper accepted into PNAS. So for researchers, and I know it mightn't mean the same, for farmers, agronomists and the like, but for researchers anywhere in the world to get a paper in PNAS is a once-in-a-career opportunity, really. Amazing. And so this research has identified ABC transporters as the latest glyphosate resistance mechanism discovered by ARI. Before we get into the details of this research, what actually are ABC transporters, Steve? Yes, ABC transporters. Before answering that, uh, let me say, Jessica, that there's a lot of authors on this paper, and deservedly so, and especially Pan Lang, who's the first author. He spent a year here in Ari with us, uh, a fabulous young researcher, and so full credit to him. He's the first author on this paper. Now to your question, (laughs) ABC transporters. They are things, uh, they're pumps, I should say, that are sitting on the membrane in us and just about all living organisms, and they pump things across cell membranes. They're called ABC transporters, there's a whole lot of them, and uh, they are absolutely essential for life. Okay, so let's go into the details about the actual resistance mechanism. What's going on with it? How does it work? Uh, what is so uh, special about this is that, uh, if I can just talk for a minute, about human cancer. It's been known for quite a long time that sometimes uh, when a cancer responds to drugs and then later on no longer responds to drugs, it's due to what's called multi-drug resistance, and that is an ABC transporter that pumps anti-cancer drugs out of human cancer cells and therefore gives resistance to the tumour by pumping out the drugs due to an ABC transporter. And what is amazing and uh, important is that in this case of glyphosate resistance in a plant, the plant coming from Kununurra originally, this weed, Echinocloa, barnyard grass, uh, a similar, very similar, ABC transporter gene gives resistance to glyphosate by pumping glyphosate out of the cells. So a great similarity between the way a human tumour can be resistant to anti-cancer drugs and the way a plant can be resistant to glyphosate. 
That's a great explanation and uh, yeah, very interesting. And so we will go into the details about how this research was conducted and later on we'll talk about maybe some of the potential benefits of these findings and the synergies between both human cancer research and plant research in regards to this resistance mechanism. But let's talk about how these ABC transporter genes were identified. How did the researchers go about finding these? Well, firstly, we, uh, we uh, another good PhD student, uh, worked hard, looked at all of the known glyphosate resistance mechanisms that, that we've worked on over the years and others have worked on, and nothing could explain this, uh, this resistance. And, and then we employed, and again we, mostly Pan Lang as the first author, employed uh, this uh, new techniques or newer techniques of RNA-seq where you basically uh, are examining the DNA of the resistant and the susceptible plants and that enabled us to narrow in on a few genes and then one gene looked like a particular ABC transporter looked like the one that we thought was responsible for the resistance and then a really neat trick that can be done with plants that can't be done with lots of other uh, situations is to then take that gene and put it in another plant. We started with rice. Rice is susceptible to glyphosate. So we, the royal we, we took the the gene and we put it into the uh, rice plant and then we spray the rice plant, the transgenic rice plant, with that gene uh, overexpressed and we spray it with glyphosate, and sure enough, it was resistant to glyphosate. So that was good evidence, because once we've got the gene, we think that's the gene, we put it in a different species, and it gives resistance to glyphosate. But to be sure, we put it in a few more plants as well. We put it in soybean, we put it in maize, and each time it did it. So there isn't any doubt that this particular gene is responsible for giving resistance to glyphosate in this particular population of uh, barnyard grass that comes from Kununurra. Okay, yes, that does make sense. And yeah, it is really complex research. And I was chatting with Peter Newman about the way you've just described the use of rice calli there in testing this uh, theory that the researchers had around these ABC transporters. And I just wanted you to maybe go into a little bit more detail about how testing using this method of using transgenic rice, how does this process make the research more thorough? Could you just talk to that point a bit more, Steve? Yes. So it's now possible to find a gene and do a lot of work and establish that that's the gene that's responsible for something. But there's still always a little question mark. Does that gene work on its own? Does it need other genes? Does it need certain conditions for the gene to work in, say, giving resistance? And the really good evidence is if you take that gene, take it out of the plant that you're studying and put it in a different species without modifying the rest of the genome of that plant. You're just putting and overexpressing this gene in the, in, in the, in the particular, say, rice. And, and that, that gene works exactly the same as it does in the resistant uh, barnyard grass. So it's, it's really good, hard, strong evidence that this gene in this population is giving the resistance. Okay, yes, I think that's such an important point to really press because I think it is such complex research, so really understanding that point is essential. And Steve, RE researchers, they also use CRISPR technology to further test their theory. And so what was the process in terms of using CRISPR? Oh, that's doing the opposite. So CRISPR is a, it describes techniques to actually switch a gene off. 
Uh, and that, that's a really neat technique. And so uh, what was done again was in this case now we say what happens if we turn this gene off? If we do it in rice and we turn the gene off, we make the rice much more susceptible to glyphosate. So again, it's good evidence that that's the gene. So we did it both ways. Overexpress it gives resistance. Underexpress it makes it more susceptible. So uh, again, very strong evidence, and that's why we're able to publish it in PNAS because we've got really clear evidence about that this is the gene that gives glyphosate resistance. Excellent. That's a great explanation, Steve. And we alluded a bit earlier in the podcast to having a chat just around this groundbreaking research and its uh, connection with cancer resistance to uh, some of the drugs that are used, uh, which have similar mechanisms to what has been described here. So could you please talk to some of the benefits of the potential uh, crossovers with human and plant research and what it could mean in a broader setting, understanding these mechanisms at the plant level? Yes, well, if we go back to the cancer research, Jessica, when it became evident that these ABC transporters were giving resistance to tumour cells, what happened is that the companies and the organisations which discover and develop uh, these anti-cancer drugs, they then specifically zoned in on new chemistry that the ABC transporters could not work on. And so the modern anti-cancer therapeutic drugs have been designed so that they cannot be pumped out of the cell by these ABC transporters. So one can imagine, and this is in the for the future, that the same things can happen with herbicides. We're not saying that this research is going to be immediately applicable. That would be an overstatement. This is the more fundamental aspects. How is it that a plant can resist glyphosate. We now know it's by several ways, and we add this one to it, which is very similar to human uh, cancers. And that, at some point, will stimulate some research that with applied outcomes. Today is not the day for that. It's still a ways off. But people who will read this paper will start thinking that way. Definitely, yeah. The fundamental science is so important and this research is so groundbreaking. Steve, did you have any final comments that you'd like to make before we wrap things up? Oh, I just love uh, both fundamental research and applied research. Louis Pasteur said you cannot separate basic or fundamental from the applied just as you cannot separate the uh, roots and the leaves of a tree. They're all part uh, of, of a spectrum and this research is at the more fundamental level that's what makes researchers get up every morning is to do work like this and uh, we're very privileged to have done both fundamental research and applied. And again, I'd like to congratulate all the authors on this paper, especially the fine young researcher, Pan Lang. He really did a great job. Yes, congratulations to all the researchers involved with this paper and I'll provide all the links to RE Insight and the paper on the RE website. That'll be in the podcast notes and hopefully this research is the catalyst for some applied sciences in the future and some innovation in the future. It's very exciting. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Jessica. I hope the audience will really like to hear about this research. Thank you.